Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great careers faster. We're coming to you from the beautiful Pacific Northwest in the city of Portland. Yes, and on today's episode of Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about resume. What is it? Why should you have one? And how has it worked for us in the past in terms of finding work? And most importantly, what we might expect in the future and how to use it and what it's really being used for. First of all, uh, we start with the idea that the, uh, the resume is a snapshot of your past. It's not a definition of your future. A resume doesn't talk about your potential. It doesn't talk about your interests. It is only, as our friend Cleon puts it, the obituary of your professional past. Right. And spending time and investing time in creating one is a good exercise. It is. Um, what I consider a resume is a brochure. It's a brochure of your strengths as relates to what you're seeking. And so that means you could have more than one brochure, but how much time do you want to spend creating all these different brochures? That's a, a great question. Different people like different formats. And if you're like most of us, you have probably asked 10 or 15 people, maybe more, what is the resume that's going to get you the best results? And you will have 10 or 15 uh, opinions on what is the best. The best advice I ever got was from a, a full-time recruiter who told me that I should use the resume that gets me calls. That's a good measurement. You should have a measurement for any tool that you're using in job search to know whether or not it's getting you results. And the challenge a lot of times with resumes, you don't know if that's what you got you the interview. Exactly. It could have been something else. And, and so tracking how that happened is a good idea. Most HR professionals, especially recruiters, but also hiring managers who have a great deal of experience hiring people, especially if their companies have been continuing to grow, will understand that past performance is a fairly good indicator of future performance. But we want to emphasize that it is not going to give a, a view of what your potential might be, especially if you've been building your skills. And these are things that you're going to want to highlight in some fashion so that it uh, brings up the conversation uh, in the interview. So, you know, you can, you can put in that bullet point and then talk about it when you have a chance to discuss it with the person that is interviewing you. Just by having it there, they might ask you about it. That's right. So you, you're really feeding them your best stuff so that you can tell them about it. Exactly. Uh, the other thing I would recognize with resume, who is seeing it is how they're going to interpret it. So the, the recruiter, it may be looking at the resume as a way to vet you against a requisition. The hiring manager may look at it as 80% BS but they're looking at the 10 or 15% that they, they really need. Right. And remember also that a, a job description that is put out there, hey, we're looking for this job, that's really, in most cases, a dream list. This is what they would like one person to have. It's unlikely that you have to have every single point. So don't let that be a deterrent mm. in putting in your resume. And don't pad your resume with stuff that isn't true. Even though a resume is not the application, it's not a legal document, it still is something that they're going to be relying on as being truthful, 
I think most recruiters and, and hiring managers understand that they're often padded, but they need to be truthful because if they find out later that it wasn't, you're not going to have a, a good opinion about you. Right. And we've seen plenty of examples where um, even famous professionals had um, right. maybe misquoted or misrepresented themselves and ended up getting fired from multi-million dollar contracts. Exactly. So don't take go don't go down that road. So I guess what I was suggesting is is if if each person has a different perspective on what it is and each person is going to have a different opinion on how they're going to use it, how do we as job seekers actually use this tool to our benefit and how much time should we really be spending trying to find a magic pill? You know what I mean? Um that this resume should be solving some kind of problem in my job search. Right. If it only helps with your own uh, attitude, how you feel about the, the job search as it's going, remember that your resume is also a way to match potential jobs. If you are looking at a whole bunch of different job descriptions out there and they're not matching you, that should be raising questions on whether or not that's a job you really want. We'll talk about when you feel desperate later. If you are actively seeking the right job and you have the luxury of being able to pick and choose the jobs for which you're applying, your resume is a good tool to match your experience and the skills that you know you have against what they're listing as well. When you get results, anything seems like progress. Meaning, you know, it, just by doing the act of sending out resumes, sometimes you feel like you're getting a result. The activity doesn't generate the result, which is most people want an interview, at least the ones that I coach. And I know when you and I were looking, that's what we wanted. We wanted, right. we wanted to do anything we could to get an interview. And so if we're only focusing on resume as a resource or a tool to find interviews, then we need to, we need to rethink our ideas if we're not getting any. Right. Right. It's one thing to use your uh, resume building skills, your practice, if you will, as a way to bring your attention back to your skills, back to your history, maybe play with the creative sense of the format, whatever that looks like, so you feel better. That's different. But if you are constantly sending out a different resume, you're reformatting it every time. Remember that it's not the format that really makes the difference. It's what's in there. The content is what's making the difference. And if you're really struggling with finding something that is working, contacting a recruiter or a friend who knows a, a bit about this uh, process is probably better than just, you know, taking the shotgun approach and seeing which one hits the target. As a job seeker, you might wonder, gosh, you know, what happens to my resume after I I submit it. You know, where does it go? Is it in the ether? Or, yeah. um, who actually sees it? Or is it, uh, is it more like the matrix and I have to have the right uh, um, series of digits? To I get don't know the... anyone who doesn't ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I mean, that gives rise to things like um, jobscan.co. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I coach are saying, hey, should I run my resume through this job scan? this jobscan.co thing. And, and I looked at it and I was like, well, sure, I guess you could. Um, how much time is that going to take though? Right. If, if I'm running every resume through this and then customizing and running, I'm optimizing an ineffective method. I might want to rethink my strategy. Okay. If you um, have time to kill, go for it. You have nothing to lose. Well, sure. No, I, I agree. Yeah. So then, then the idea is, okay, if I do do that, 
when should I do that? And that's where we can get into talking about right. scheduling and, and having a, a, a calendar. And, <laughs> Time and, management <laughs> conversation. <laughs> but that's a different one. But yeah. um, coming back to that idea of what happens when it goes into the ether, my resume is out there. It's in a company database of some kind, I assume. I, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think happens to that resume? Well, I know from my perspective, having worked in HR for so many years, a lot of times it may be viewed, but unless it is top of the mark, uh, it probably won't get a second or third view. Uh, for those companies that work, uh, they use automated systems that allow the company to basically run a report that says, bring me or print out the, the top five with the most keyword matches, your resume may never be seen by a human being. It's unfortunate, but HR departments, especially during and after the, the Great Recession, have been cut to points where most HR professionals are doing far more work than one person really ought to be doing. So the end result is they don't have time to read through all the resumes that come in the way we used to. Uh, the end result is You've got people who are really relying on the software to make the choices for them. They run very quickly through the resumes that do come up to see if it sounds like a match. They're looking for fit in terms of the, the, the words used, not just keywords, but how um, the individual may articulate what they've been through. These are all things that they go through very, very quickly. They don't put a lot of effort or, or attention in it because they need to work quickly. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. From a job seeker's perspective, you might want to consider that the resume is a tool. Be selective on where and when and how you use it. Absolutely. It, it, it's, a, it's your asset. It's not the company that you send it to. It's not their asset. It's your asset. And so you control that asset. What does that mean? That means if you're not getting the results you want, then change it up. Do something different. Put Maybe put the resume on the shelf. Not that you want to leave it there, right. but, but maybe we just don't use that. Take a break from sending yeah. out the resumes and say, okay, you know what? That part's not working for me. Maybe I should go try something else. I'll, I'll go to um, um, a Toastmasters or a, a networking event or, right. or meet some friends or go out for lunch with a, a former colleague. Um, anything to switch it up. Right. Um, well, and, and setting it aside means that when you come back to it, you probably have a clearer view of it. The one thing that I, I tell people who are looking, who are getting frustrated because their resumes aren't getting any responses, is remember that that isn't about you. That's usually about what's going on uh, on the other end. We have no visibility to it. We have no control over it. If you can let go of the expectation of getting something, it's a lot easier to handle when it doesn't happen. Just remember that not hearing back isn't really about you. It's possible it might be about the resume. And that's when you can really get advice from people who are in the business. But try not to take it personally because it, it isn't personal. You're not broken. No. And you don't, you're not getting the feedback. So you're sending out a communication and you're not getting any dialogue. 
And so you start making up stories. Exactly. I've done that. You know, oh, there's something wrong with me. I must not have the experience. I have to go get some more education or I'm a certificate. Unavoidable. Or, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I guess I'm, that. I'm forever going to be a Starbucks barista. Nothing against Starbucks baristas. Not at all, but I didn't even get that job. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> so I guess the idea is, is that don't, it's a mindset thing. And so if you know that your resume is going into a system and nobody's going to look at it, yeah. it's not you that's broken. It might be that the system is broken. The process for hiring is broken. Yes. And when you take a person out of that system, it becomes um, – the job seeker becomes the uh, recipient of bad vibes. Right. I mean, negativity and – yeah, and, and some of that is just the nature of the beast. Some of it is the self-talk that we do. Um, I will say, as ha having been a hiring manager and working in HR, the idea of, uh, of job progression can be important depending on the level at which you uh, are applying. So if you're looking for a leadership position where you're managing people or even managing departments, that sort of thing, one thing that I do uh, caution you is to show the job progression that you've had. Uh, a lot of companies that are looking for a manager or leader uh, need to see the, the way your professional history has progressed because they're probably thinking of this individual as also continuing to move up. So what does this look like? Have you gone back and forth? Have you taken management positions only to go back into the front line? What does that mean? Uh, just be aware of that as you're putting your resume together because it may be important for some people. So what you're saying is the resume could create more questions than it answers. Right. And when you create more questions than you answer, you could be excluded potentially from a process if you don't have the right stuff on the document. Right. Okay. If, it, if it is adding questions, you want to make sure it's adding the kinds of questions that are generating interest. Right. How did he do that? Exactly. Right? So you, you can give somebody some, some stuff you did with some good results, but they're going to be like, huh, he did something good there. Yeah. I want to know how he did that. Precisely. And, and so that's something, you know, we can talk resume all day, I'm sure. Um, the idea here is how does resume work in a job search today? And how, wh where does networking come in and when do we introduce that document? And my, my um, philosophy is that the resume should come last. Absolutely. If, if, I, if at all possible. Yeah, I completely agree. If someone, if you're at a networking event and someone asks you for a resume and you pull it out, it's obvious that you are there to find a job. It's obvious that you're, you're, uh, that that that's your goal. And networking is more about the give and take, the, the collaboration, the mutual benefit. And so if you're there just to benefit yourself, that really doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Instead, if you are asked for your resume, get their business card that includes their contact information and their, that would include their email address and promise to email it when you get back to your computer. It's far more professional. It allows the conversation to focus on a mutual benefit and not be just about you. It could be a buying indicator. Could be. So don't ignore the fact that if somebody's asking you for a resume, it could be that they have an opportunity for you. If that's the case, say, hey, I'd love to send you a resume. I'm sure you would agree. A customized resume is a good idea, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. So tell me more about the opportunity that you're considering me for. And that might be a little bold for a lot of people, but when you say it enough times and practice that dialogue, it comes across really natural. And that kind of confidence will usually do you 
a, a great deal of benefit. People want to see the confidence. They want to know that if they hire you into a position, or maybe they don't even have a position open, but you give them the idea, hey, I could really use that kind of skill within my organization they expect that you're going to be able to hit the ground running, at least to a degree, when you get there. It, it's really powerful to do it that way. Once you get to that point, you know what to put on the resume because they've given you all the information. Well, right. I need somebody who's got X and Y and Z. And lo and behold, you have a chance to go back to your house and, and add your computer X, y, and, Z. and add X, Y, and Z <laughs> to your right. resume. Uh, so people think about customizing in that way. They're saying static job requisition posted online. I'm going to match that which as we described earlier, is kind of like a unicorn. It's this fantasy beast that it appears to exist, but nobody's ever seen one, okay? Um, so this is direct input, perhaps from a hiring person or somebody on the team that's doing the hiring. And by all means, customize your resume so that it puts you in a good light with that team. Now, the one exception that I would make as far as taking a resume with you is if you're going to uh, like a job fair where the resumes are expected, obviously you want to take one. But if it's something in between, say for for example, you, you are asked to come in for an informational interview, for example. I generally don't bring the resume with me, but I have it in my car so that if uh, on the off chance they ask for one and they didn't want to take the time to let you get home and email it, then you can say, let me get to my car. I have one there and I'll bring it back uh, in just a few minutes. That way you're still prepared. You can respond the way they need it, but it doesn't look like you're desperate and really trying to push yourself onto them. Sure. Use your common sense when you hear somebody asking for things and they start asking you a bunch of interview questions and it feels like an interview, but it was supposed to be an informational, then you're like, God, I wish I had my resume because right. they keep asking for it because they're starting a, a hiring process or maybe they just commenced a hiring process, have already gone through the phone screens and you come in, right? And now it's like, hmm, I want to I insert this person into our process. Right. right. So, uh, you know, then the resume becomes less important because you've already impressed them with your, your vibrato. Or right. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you have... Uh, the ability to prepare for this. You can take your your latest print uh, with you, leave it in the car or have it somewhere available. Mm -hmm. Or if you, uh, something that I've done is if they say they want you to, to get it to them right away, I can actually pick up my smartphone. Um, I will email myself before that informational interview or the networking event. I will email it to myself. And then all I have to do is forward that email to them. You have their email address in front of you right there. So you do it while you're sitting there. And again, you're prepared. They are impressed. I love that. Uh, however, we shouldn't have our device out until we ask. Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. If you're, if you're in an, interview, an informational interview, you don't want to be on your phone. But um, I think that's a great strategy because now I also get their email address, yep. uh, which I may not have had before, even if I asked for their card. They're like, well, geez, you know, nowadays, nobody gets a card in a job. They might. But most companies aren't giving um, many of them. Many of them are not giving yeah. people uh, business cards because of the expense, and and right. they're just not unless they're high level leaders that that, that are, are going to be public facing. All the time. Yep. And, and exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so the one thing I would say about job fairs that you mentioned earlier is that I like the idea of taking the resume and a stack of contact cards. Mm -hmm. And a strategy that worked for me is everybody that's a recruiter gets a contact card. Everybody who's a hiring manager 
gets a resume if they ask for it. That's a good idea. Okay. So then I can say, hey, thank you, Mr. Or Mrs. Recruiter. I, I recognize I can find your jobs online, most of them, but I really want to build relationships with hiring people that unless I'm looking for jobs in recruiting. Right. And talking about that connection between networking and resumes, uh, I, I can't... Uh, stress enough that people may be looking at you or at your resume, even though they don't have a job opening right now, but that they are planning for one. My latest job, that's exactly what happened. They, I was actually applying for a lower level position. I got hired into the position I'm in now because I was in a really good interview. And the, the vice president was saying, I'm thinking about the future. And and so don't don't discount that. Being prepared is going to be your best bet. What about the future? I'm thinking we got the internet. Resume is so ah, God, I don't I don't like to say old school, but it's becoming antiquated. It is in my estimation. With the advent of things like LinkedIn, where where you have a, a complete replacement for your resume and a connection to a whole pool of people that can right. either be candidates or future hiring managers. I mean, you know, it it seems to me that that's going to displace, and I've already seen it, everybody is now putting their LinkedIn profile address on their resume. So my suspicion is hiring managers, recruiters are probably pulling up your profile as they're reviewing your resume. Right, which is another reason why it's really important not to pad your resume with things that aren't true, especially if you have a LinkedIn profile that basically can help them vet that. Uh, be very careful and don't put anything on LinkedIn that isn't true because you can get called out on that pretty easily. Uh, Of course. So use your common sense. They are going to validate and audit your resume against your LinkedIn profile. My my suggestion is is that um, make sure they're in alignment. Make sure the dates kind of line up for the most part, the roles and duties and responsibilities and the companies you worked for. Make sure all that lines up. What I'm seeing though is that people like going to LinkedIn for the simple fact that everybody's profile is set up the same. Yep. And, but if you've got 100 resumes from 100 applications, guess what? Not one of those resumes is going to look the same. And so you're having to hunt and peck for information that you want that's important to you, whereas I can go to LinkedIn, boom, I can pull up all 100 of those people, right. and I can see all the information I want much faster. And Indeed does the same thing. Indeed.com is another really common uh, website, and both of them can be used by the company to to take the place of uh, an automated system um, because they can they can get all the information they need through that. Uh, it won't obviously be linked to uh, their HR information system within the company uh, unless, of course, they they pay for that. Um, that is an option, but many of them just go in because it's a free service to them. Well, that's it today for Job Seekers Radio. I think you got a good thumbnail sketch of philosophy around resume, how to use it, when to use it in a networking situation, and the future of what that looks like. We would like you to go on to iTunes and subscribe to future episodes, but also there, we'd like your feedback, both about this session, but also if you have questions about what you might need for your resume or what we expect based on what we're seeing now, uh, what we expect the future to look like for resumes, please send us those questions there as well. We'd like to be able to keep you up to date on what seems to be working from our point of view. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. We'll see you guys later. Thank you.